0: Some say that in the apocalypse, it's the other survivors you need to fear the most. But at the moment, it's that fast song right behind you. You're listening to Podcast Detected. Now, run. Hello, Runners 5, and welcome back to Podcast Detected. I'm Erin.
1: I'm Colette.
0: And we are here today to talk to you about our very long overdue Veronica McShell episode. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, we've been, like... Saying we're gonna do this for like months now, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean when did we record the Nadia episode? It was like a three months ago. Time. It was a long, it time, was a ago. long time ago. <laughs> and we had intended to record the Veronica one like a week later. a yeah. Couple weeks later, and it just kept not happening. Life is um, complicated,
1: guys. Like just Yeah. Life happened. That is yes. that is all we can say. Life happened. But we're super excited to say that we have a surprise today.
0: Yes, we do. So
1: the wait, I swear, is going to be worth it.
0: Yes. But first, should we do some fandom news?
1: Yes. Uh, Okay, so season six is back.
0: Yes. Are you caught up?
1: I did before the hiatus, that's how you say it?
0: Hiatus, yeah. Yes.
1: So I'm going to, Monday that I go back to the gym, I'm going to start listening. Season six. That's right, because
0: you've you've been on vacation.
1: I've been on vacation, and um, I'm 50% tackle right now. (laughs) That is my current status. So uh, I can see now that there is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes. That many. There's that many that you haven't done yet? So I'm until twentieth and then I see until the twenty eighth on my story missions.
0: So they must have dropped.
1: A lot. I didn't know this. Now I'm super excited. Okay. Well guys, there's eight new episodes, and if you haven't started season six, guys, guys. Get
0: caught up.
1: It's it's too intense. I just have so many feelings. This is the um, first
0: this is the first time that I'm actually playing the season that is currently being released.
1: Me too. And, and it's been excruciating
0: to yes. have to
1: wait for this. I have
0: been forcing myself to ration it out because I knew there would be a hiatus and I didn't want to get completely caught up. So I went back and did a bunch of episodes from season one
1: mm-hmm. the,
0: um, so that I could incorporate that into my fan fiction. But now I need to get back on the season six train. Yes. And in order to ration it out, I will be doing episodes from season two so that I can incorporate them into my <laughs> fan fiction.
1: <laughs> so this is the airy picnic. I'm not, I'm not that patient. I just can't. These eight episodes are going to last me like a week and a half.
0: Yeah. So, um, um other so fandom yeah. news? Other fandom news. The Halloween virtual race is up.
1: So yeah, guys, yeah, you know, this. Uh, there's limited places. So you should go and sign up. Have you signed up yet,
0: I have. Yeah, I signed up, I think, when they first released it on RaffleNet.
1: Yeah, me too. I, like I, me. I got my – my. Um, I chose a cute tank top as have my go- sweat.
0: Have you gotten it yet?
1: No, I haven't gotten anything yet. No, I okay. think they're not. It's in October. Things I think are going to start arriving in September.
0: Oh, oh! I, I'm sorry. I did so. That was like part of your race oh, package. Yeah, part of the you race didn't order pack. one of the personalized ones that have already no, 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 come no, no, out. No, no, no. Okay, okay.
1: No, no, no. I got uh, a tank top part of my race packet because I thought it was going to be cute looking. Yeah. And let's see. You didn't got any swag, right?
0: I never. I never do. Why? I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I love. I love the t-shirts. Like I love. I'm. I'm making my collection. The only one I don't have is the first race. Okay. Because I didn't do that one. Okay. And I think they never did more. Um, they're so cute, and they're, like, really, really good quality. I'm, like, impressed by that.
0: Good. That's good. Um, it seems that some of the the ones that are more merchandise and not part of the race packs, um, like the hoodie and mm-hmm. the personalized Runner 5 shirts, it seems that there have been some quality issues with some of those. Oh. Um. Like a lot of people, they have shown up not looking the way they did online oh. and with just like poor print quality. So if you have ordered one, listeners, and it showed up and is not up to par, contact Six to Start Support. I think it's support at zombiesrungame.com um, and they will get you sorted out. They've been, Adrian's been really great about working with people to, to try and get it sorted out. They posted oh. a thing on their Tumblr the other day um, telling well. people if, if it comes in and it's not good, then let us know. And their support staff is just wonderful. Oh, yeah, that's so, great. I think
1: it's just a matter of, like, this is the first time they do as many options. Like, usually you get the the short sleeve and the long sleeve, maybe. But now you have short, long tank.
0: Yeah, hoodie sweatshirt. and personalized. And, right. it's a new, and it's a new supplier. So, yeah, so just let them know if it, you know, if you get it and it wasn't what you expected, let them know. And they will do what they can to help work that out for you.
1: Yeah, and we're also very excited because we want to see what happens in Halloween like what kind of story we're going to have.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the Halloween virtual race, uh, Maximilian Carnage, friend of the show, is organizing a Halloween race meetup in London, and he is here to tell you a little bit more about that.
2: Hello, Podcast Detective listeners. Thank you to Liz, Erin, and everyone else for inviting me to talk about the upcoming Zombies Run Virtual Race meetup I'm organising in London. It's the fifth virtual race, and as for the previous occasions, I'm helping to coordinate a meetup of other Zombies Run users who are intending to run the race. I guess it's a bit ironic to meet up specifically to run a virtual race when the whole point of these things is that you can run them anytime, anywhere. But then again, based on previous occasions, it is a lot of fun to run the race, uh, hear the news story and then get together with other uh, fans of the game to uh, chat about it and discuss the heroics. I should also add that this meetup is not an official six to start event in any sense, but they have been really helpful and uh, supportive of previous times we've done this so the basic plan is to meet and run the virtual race in london in regent's park on saturday the 28th of october that's the middle of the race period and more importantly it's the closest saturday to halloween itself the exact final details for the meetup are still being arranged but uh, the ruffle net thread discussing it is probably the best place to keep up to date with what has been planned and what has been agreed. The provisional plan as it stands is to meet from 11am and to get everyone together and then we will all disperse and set off to run our own route in the park and then to uh, rendezvous back again afterwards to get some refreshments and to talk about what we thought about the mission. On previous occasions it's been a bit more rough and ready, But since quite a few people from outside of London have expressed an interest in coming and joining us, I'm trying to make it a little bit more structured this time and make it as easy as possible for people who are travelling in from out of town to take part. It's always great to meet other runners five from around the country and even around the world. And so if you can make it along, it would be great to see you there. We had hoped to be able to hire a changing room and some showers at a sports centre in the park itself, but unfortunately that's no longer possible. But in the meantime, I've been looking into some contingency plans, and so we should hopefully have somewhere at least semi-secure to leave bags and also options for showers nearby. Um, Further details on that will be in the ruffle net thread as they become more crystallised. If you do plan to attend it would be great to see you there in the official uh, race t-shirt for this virtual race or maybe one of the previous race t-shirts or if you wanted to do some other Zombies Run related cosplay that would be uh, great fun too. And do bring your medal pack along. In previous occasions, we've actually had a little medals ceremony at the end, which has been a bit of fun and was suggested by Lou from Six to Start. Actually, many of you may know her from the support uh, threads and from RuffleNet. And that was one of her innovations on a previous virtual race meetup. And that was good fun. So no promises at this stage but we're hoping that um adrian and uh, lou and maybe ranjani all from six to start would be able to come and attend the meetup they've done that on previous occasions and with a bit of luck we'll also have some of the voice acting talents joining us Uh, philip nightingale who plays sam and also jen tan who plays uh, nadia and jody uh, have come along on previous occasions and Hopefully they'll be able to make it again this time. Amy Roxon and Felix Trench, who play Zoe and Phil from Radio Mode, are also hoping to be there, and it would be the first time they've joined us, so it'd be great to have them if they can make it. So, to recap, Saturday 28th of October, 11am, Regent's Park in London. If you can't make it to London, why not think about having a go at organising your own meet-up uh, near a home, and in the meantime, stay safe out there.
0: Thank you, Maximilian Carnage, for sending us that clip so that we could hear your lovely voice.
1: And to finish Fandom News, Erin uh, ran the Celebrity Chase Beardle race. So how was that?
0: It was interesting. Um, I could not play Zombies Run while I ran it. Okay. Like, the, the two apps, the Race Link app and the Zombies Run app, didn't both work at the same time. Okay. Which was a little disappointing, because I like to multitask. But... It was, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was a lot like the, um, this one was for Stand Up to Cancer and you were racing against four celebrities. I only recognized one of their names. Um, I know Sporty Spice. (laughs) I don't, I didn't recognize the other names, but I think, I think they're, they're like British, uh, celebrities. And so. But, so there is no story. No, so but it was interesting. So the guy who plays uh Peter yeah. in the later seasons of Zombies Run yes. was sort of the MC and so because I, I recognized his voice and he said his name was Peter okay. and he calls you runner five. Oh. But more like a, okay, so we've got, you know, so and so you'll be runner one, and so and so you'll be runner two, and they go through and he's like, and and you there, the quiet one, we'll call you runner five. So, like, there were nice little like ZR Easter eggs God. that I really got a kick out of. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so it was fun. Um, I ended up coming in third out of the five of us running.
1: Uh, okay, so you run against them, and then depending on your yeah. time, you yeah.
0: See yeah. So, right in place. Sporty Spice ah. just like plowed right over me. I mean, she did her five k in like twenty minutes.
1: Well, she's 45. Yeah, it
0: may have even been less than 20 minutes. She was really fast. And then the guy who came in after her, I'm gathering is a professional dancer. So okay. again, way more fit than me. So I was pretty pleased that I didn't come in dead last. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun race. I would do another one, especially since almost all of the proceeds go to charity.
1: Right. So yeah, um, that was pretty cool. Uh, so I think do we have any more fandom news. I don't think we do. Okay, so guys, let's go into our topic for today. Let's talk about the amazing Veronica Maxwell. Show.
0: So before we get into the episode proper, I do want to warn our listeners that there will be spoilers in this episode, starting with season three and then moving on up through season six. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, but you do want to hear our special surprise towards the end, look in the show notes and it'll tell you when to skip ahead to. As I'm recording this, I don't know exactly how the editing is going to work out, so I can't give you a specific time um, for when that will start, but I'll put it in the show notes. And before Paulette and I jump in, I want to go ahead and give Tamara a chance to tell us her thoughts about Veronica.
3: Uh, Veronica McShell, now there is an interesting character. Not only is she a teenage genius who just might save us all, if she ever invents that cure or vaccine where she's uh, working for, she also scares the crap out of me. Well because she comes off a bit like uh, a sociopath. She's not evil or, or even bad, but her ethical values are just completely skewed. Uh, For her, her science and her works always comes first no matter what, even if that puts herself or other people at risk. She hardly seems to feel bad about the entire science team that died uh, in season 4, I think, because she pushed them so hard that they didn't keep to the safety protocols that were there for a really good reason. I think at some point she even admits to being a bit glad that it happened because she learned so much from what what happened back then. She also freely admits that uh, she works with the minister because she gives her what she wants even though Veronica knows the minister isn't a good person at all. I've also felt that throughout the episodes she seems to have more of an emotional reaction to losing some of those sentient zombies she wanted uh, to experiment on. More so than when she finds out bad things have happened to the the people around her. Uh, She only seemed to have a real reaction when she found out about Nadia being shot and hurt pretty badly, but not so much to other people, I feel. And um, last off, um, what really bothered me... Uh, at the start of season 5 was that Paula mentioned she didn't even seem to care that she was experimenting on baby Sarah, while Paula, who to everyone in Abel is the only surviving parent to the baby, is sitting right there. And okay, supposedly those weren't really invasive kind of experiments, but still, it's a really dark grey area, if you ask me. I'm still on uh, the first half of season five, so... And I know I've got a few more episodes with Veronica coming up. I might learn a bit more about her and I maybe might just change my mind a bit about her, but still, I'm gonna be wary of her for now. So these are my thoughts about Veronica.
0: Michelle.
1: So I don't know about you, Aaron, but she's one of my favorite characters in Zombies, Run.
0: I really like her as a character. I don't know that I like her as a person because I don't ever know if I can trust her.
1: I know. It's, she's such a complicated person.
0: And that is the case with so many of the characters in this game. I, I like them as characters and I don't know if I like them as people. But she is really just, she's such an interesting person. Yes. Because she's so young and she's so smart. She's a genius. Yes, and the way she channels her energy and the things that she channels it into is just, like, she's so single-minded. Yes,
1: I think that is something that is super interesting about her. And also, like, yeah, as you say, she's super young. And for some things, she's super mature, and for others, she's just like, girl,
0: you need right. to live. So, in C- so she is the uh, daughter of Chris McShell, Runner 10.
1: Yes, and we he, um, he talks about her in season one about how it's her daughter and she has not seen her because she was in a
0: Girl Scout trip and she's like ten years old in season one.
1: Yes, she's yeah, she's like ten years old and this will come become important later. Um,
0: we we go and pick up a recording right. for her. Yeah, when Chris dies, we pick up right. a recording from her mother. Yes yeah, we go we go to Chris's house and pick up a recording that Veronica's mother left for her, yes. and we we didn't know anything about her until season three. right. And that recording getting that recording to Veronica and was it, and there was also a recording or a note from Chris to Veronica. So getting those things from her parents to her becomes almost like a side mission. Yes, that when we meet up with the girl guides eventually, we're like, oh, hey, you can get this to Veronica. And they're like, I don't know, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they are like Veronica who?
0: Yeah, they're really non-committal. They're like, I mean, we'll we'll try, I guess. And they don't seem to really know what we're talking about. Right. Which becomes clear in, like, season four. three. Is, is, no, it, is see- it season three that she tells us that? No. Well, yeah, in season three she tells us she was not with the –
1: With the Girl Scouts. We just don't know why.
0: Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, when we first meet her, it's season three. She's, like, 13 years old. Yes. Working in the treetop laboratory.
1: Yes. Uh, So, she used to be with Moonchild for some reason. Um, Yeah. I don't remember why. I don't remember why. And we meet her because we kill her lynx. Yeah. She has the
0: zombified lynx. Yeah. Um, That she's using to run tests on.
1: Yes. Uh so we kill it because uh it almost kills um Nadia. So we wanted to keep right. Nadia alive. Uh so she gets really mad at us. Because we kill right. her toy pet, I don't know. Yeah. Her experiment. Yeah, I think her that be, like yeah. we kill her experiment. Uh so I would say that if I were doing a PhD and somebody killed my experiment, I would also be super mad. Yeah. Uh so yes, that that happens. And then uh, Nadia decides to stay with her to help her.
0: Right. Which is probably good because she doesn't seem to be capable of remembering to do basic things like eat lunch. Yeah. Because she's like, so focused on her work. Yes. That so, she really needs somebody to parent her.
1: So it's like we were saying that for th- something she's super mature, like I'm a genius that can sequence DNA. Right. Or like... In other sense, she's like a four year old.
0: Yeah. I
1: think your girls can feed themselves better than, than Veronica.
0: Yeah, I don't think Veronica realizes that she's hungry. Right. I think I think Nadia honestly has to tell her it is time to eat. It is time to take a bathroom break. You need to go stand in the sunshine.
1: Right. And and if any of our listeners are PhD students, I think you will relate, I do need to put an alarm to remind me to eat. Oh my god! There's signs that I call uh, Eric, and like either he has not eaten and it's five o'clock, or like he calls me at six and I'm still at work and he's like, "What have you eaten?" And I'm like, "Oh, food. Food exists. Food. I I should maybe eat something. I think it's a thing that when you become a scientist, like I don't know. I I know many people that need to be reminded to eat. I'm not like the only one."
0: Yeah. Now I th- I think when you get very focused on whatever it is you're doing like when my kids were itty bitty yeah. I would get so focused on keeping them yeah. alive. alive that I would f- I would f- like you don't realize how much time has gone by yeah. since like you know when you are really focused on the report that you're writing right. or the experiment that you're doing or holding this sleeping baby because if you put her down she will wake up and start yelling at you. Right. All of that stuff, and Veronica is very much. I mean, she she is. I, I have ri- I have written in my notes that she is single minded to the point of it being a flaw. She makes Janine look flighty.
1: Yes, I agree that like compared to her, everybody is like
0: emotional. Yeah, everybody emo- flighty is emotional. Yeah, flighty is like unfocused and like emotional, and yeah, all of the things Janine isn't. <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, we leave Nadia and Veronica together and she starts doing research on the blue flowers.
0: Right. Which I right. think is why she was working with Moonchild to begin with.
1: Yes. Yes. And then, well, we move to season four when things start
0: getting shady. Yes. Shadier than they've been.
1: Yeah. So this is, uh, even though we had villains before, uh, each season, I think more and more as we move forward, uh, we care less about the zombies and, like, yeah. it's more about how humans are greater destroying themselves.
0: Yeah, we've pretty much figured out how to deal with the zombies. Right. I mean, right, because we're smart. Yeah, they're, they're still a threat, but in the way that, like, wild animals are a threat.
1: Right, right. So, so is, just imagine there's a huge lion that it's also venomous at the same time. Exactly. So that is,
0: yes. Yeah, at this point, the, like you said, the biggest villain is other people right specifically uh, in season four uh, the minister The minister uh so yeah so the
1: minister uh, at the beginning of season four everything's great and the minister starts giving veronica like a lot of equipment and that is so great um until we realize that the minister is not who
0: we thought she was right in any sense
1: which I always thought her to be creepy. I'm just going to say this. Like, yeah,
0: I never... I never liked her. Yeah, she. I never trusted her. So she reminds me in a lot of ways of Major DeSanta. But I always trusted Major DeSanta. Yes,
1: but From not the beginning. Sigrid. I have yes.
0: never trusted Sigrid. I was yes. always waiting for the other shoe to drop.
1: Right. And when we find out what, uh, the, the, figure out that the minister is not good... And we tell Veronica, she basically says, I don't care. She's giving me resources. I'm going with her.
0: Right. Yeah. And this is where,
1: like, we're like,
0: what? Yeah. She can't keep working on her cure without the minister's resources. Right. So So she, she, the way she sees it, she has no choice.
1: Right. And in her head, like, the good for how humanity needs is this cure. And if she can provide it like the resources, she will go with the president that can provide. It's like she's really um, good at compartmentalizing the evilness of the minister and just like say, you know what, I'm just going to keep working.
0: Right. And so when the minister starts telling pretty much the world that Able Township is badmouthing her and that we are a bunch of liars, we don't know if Veronica believes her. Or if Veronica is still on our side, we have no idea.
1: Well, no, she does say that she believes what we're saying. She's just saying she doesn't care.
0: Right, but there, but there gets to a point, and it may be further along in season four. But there is a point where we don't know whose side she's on. Oh, that is season
1: five.
0: That is okay. Again, that is season,
1: we're like it's so hard because us. Season 4 and 5 are so interconnected, and Erin and I move through them super fast. We have a lot of trouble keep the, keeping them apart. So, yeah. Yes.
0: So, from, yeah, from this point forward, just assume that there are spoilers for seasons 4, 5, and 6. Yes. Imminent.
1: Yes. Uh, so, and, and here's where I things. it's interesting. Um, Veronica is a really objective scientist. For her, science is the truth, and, like, she just needs to pursue the truth. But everybody around her is like, even Bernard. Bernard was a scientist and he was not objective, he was not he, he was not a good person and like, I feel like um, we often in science deny that like people's personality and people's alliances and people's uh, goals or wants affect the way we do science. And that right. like what Bernard did was totally unethical like he was doing some pretty bad experiments and for him it was totally justifiable because science, whatever. Um, right. So I find that it's really interesting that the writers and Nami Alderman put, like, this character that is, like, a pretty objective, one-minded scientist, but, like, surrounded by all these people that use science for evil or for good. To remind us, I feel like, that Veronica is, like, one in a million, maybe? Everybody else.
0: Yeah, Everybody else needs to
1: keep their personality in check, and we need to keep our biases in check, because, like, in reality, nobody can be asked, um... Unemotional as Veronica, or most people cannot be as emotional as Veronica,
0: right? And right. you said
1: something about you say that uh, Janine next to her is like flighty.
0: Yeah, next next to Veronica, oh. Janine looks like she's completely unfocused,
1: right? Or that she's be- totally emotional.
0: <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, because she and and I, I see a lot of similarities between Veronica and Janine. Yes. I think that Janine has a caringness about her yes. that she tamps down to get the job done. But I think that she is basically a person who cares very much for her people. I don't think Veronica considers anybody her people, except maybe Nadia. Yes, I
1: think, I think Veronica's God is science. Janine's yeah, exactly. God is serving people. Right. And, like, yeah. even though they can be really focused, like, you can see that uh, the, the actions they take are real different because one is, one has an alliance to, like, abstract stuff and the other actually has it for leaving stuff.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Um, so, but but as season five moves on, we we realize Veronica is, like, good at playing the game.
0: Yes. She's scary good at it. She's She's been she has been playing the game so well that we didn't know she was playing the game.
1: Right, but like and she's still like she's such like
0: chill at saying
1: she's doing it like yeah, sure. Like she's a little scary. She's
0: super scary. Because she is so she's she's so objective and and single-minded that she like she sees nothing wrong with staying with Sigrid. Right because Sigrid is giving her her resources. Right. She sees nothing wrong with making Sigrid think that she is playing Sigrid's game when she's actually helping us, but she hasn't told us that. And um major season 6 spoilers.
1: Uh so if you have not heard about season 6, like just stop listening right now, but like she also sees nothing wrong with using baby blood to to create a cure. Yeah. And I think that is the most freakish thing. Well, and before. it's not... Like, I don't care if you're not maternal. Like, if you're a woman that has no maternal instincts, like, you do you. Like, right. you have your right to not want to have babies and not want to take care of infants. Like, hey, there are a lot of work. Do whatever you want. But, like, being able to be so called to, say, take blood out of babies, like, that is... I don't know what that well, is. Well, and it's
0: not even the taking the blood from the babies to create the cure. It's the fact that there is a Sigrid has a baby farm where these children exist solely for this purpose. Even Amelia is appalled at this. And Amelia oh, is barely yeah. a human being.
1: But <laughs> Amelia barely has empathy. She Fred, like she's a human being. She just has zero empathy, yeah. or like apparently zero point zero 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 one. Yeah, and even Amelia is
0: like, this is wrong. Yeah, apparently like, Amelia's limit. Girl. Amelia's limit is using babies for science. Veronica, right, and, like, that's and, not a limit for her. I wonder right. if we will ever find out what her limit is. I don't know. I don't know because remember, the bubonic
1: plague. Somebody, she was totally going go for the bubonic plague. She was.
0: Too. Her limit isn't even the bubonic plague.
1: Like, like, and like for those who have heard season six, like you guys know that like besides the baby factory, there's like this huge handmaiden stale sale going on. Like, yeah, it is freaking. I find it super scary because at moments, I don't know if it's going to become reality, but like, stop that. The point is, is like she has zero empathy for the situation. When Amelia, it's been more ethical than you. I think you should stop and like, think about your life choices.
0: Right. Yes.
1: I'm just going to say that. I'm just
0: going to say that. As much as I love Veronica, you should stop and think about your life choices. For real. I feel like I want that on a (laughs) t-shirt. If Amelia Spence like, is more <laughs> empathetic than you, you should stop and think about your life choices.
1: That would be like a hell long of a t-shirt. It would be like, a really maybe long We can come. We can convince like, um, five thirty, like five six to start. I was going to say five thirty for some <laughs> reason.
0: Nope, <laughs>
1: uh, six to start um, to like make so, like they probably can think about something shorter.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Uh, so, but yeah, basically, this is a story about anything McShell... And like, I hope, regardless of what season you're in, you know, Veronica's a really for 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 her, a character that is such devoid of emotion and so objective is so complex. Yeah, and like we cannot. I don't know. I yeah. I feel like this is something that like um, maybe six to start should answer or the semi runs writers should do. I would not be surprised if she's on the spectrum and nothing wrong with being on the spectrum. Uh, But like, I feel like that would explain why us have a lot of trouble understanding her because we are educated to not understand people in the autistic spectrum.
0: I was thinking the same thing.
1: Uh, Like Sesame Street says, she's just such Veronica (laughs) in a Veronica kind of way. And I think that is the best explanation. Thank you, Sesame Street, for being (laughs) so woke (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I was thinking the same thing oh. earlier.
1: Oh, you were thinking about it?
0: Uh, yeah, I was thinking it earlier when we were first talking about how incredibly single-minded she is. That, yeah, like it's not, and there are not a lot of people who can focus and right. compartmentalize the way she does. And most of the people I've known who are able to do that are on the spectrum. And so I right. wouldn't be surprised if she is. And, and I love, and you know what? I hope that she is because I love yes. that there's that representation. Yes in This game, yeah,
1: and so if you, if any of you listeners are on the spectrum, uh, and you're not, uh, what is called neurotypical, which I don't love that word, but that I've seen people on the sp- spectrum calling themselves like that, yeah. Uh, my brother's, for example, has Asperger's, uh, so if any of you, like, can relate to how Veronica is, not saying that you would be okay with the baby factory, I just want to put that out there, <laughs> not saying that you're really with the hand me still on the baby factory, but if you can relate to be super focused and sometimes people not being able to understand why you're not so as empathetic as others. We would love to hear from you because I think uh, that is important. It's important that there's a character that can relate to people in that way. Right. Uh, The same way that we have a Muslim character, that we have strong female characters. I think it's great that we have a strong female Kika scientist, which might also, I think be on the spectrum. And
0: I think it's, Especially excellent that there is a character like that who hasn't been made into a punchline, because a lot right. of the time in media, the characters who are, for for lack of a better term, I guess you know, not neurotypical, um, right? It the the differences become a joke, and I don't think that that's fair. And I'm <coughs> really the big Bang theory. Yeah. Yes. And I'm I'm really <laughs> glad to see six to start. Putting in these strong female characters and characters of different ethnicities and races and cultures and 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 you know with different ways of doing things and ways of thinking and yeah, I love it. I think I love it all. Yeah, I love
1: it. I think Veronica is just another example of like how many different types of women we see. Yep. Which I think you and I can like. I think you and I understand each other a lot because of this. Because. Usually our female characters are really one-dimensional, mm-hmm. right? And yep. here we have Janine is non-maternal, and that is cool. Nadia is super maternal. That is also really cool. Yep. Uh, Veronica is, like, a super focused scientist. And, like, we get so many choices of people and see who we can relate to and, like, who we want to be as females, some uh, females runner five if we want to. Yep. And I also think it's cool for the guys to, like, get to see – female characters that are not only like the manic pixie dream girl. Yep. Uh, so we love you, Six to Start. We love you. Yep, li- that it's over to us to
0: say that we love you. The listeners can't see me, but I'm nodding emphatically <laughs> with everything <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> so
1: listeners, we promise you a surprise.
0: Yes, we did. We
1: have an exclusive interview with Ashlyn Diath.
0: Yes, Ashlyn Diath, who plays Veronica McShell, was so kind as to answer some questions from us and from some of our listeners. And she is just an absolute delight. She's so lovely. So lovely. I. She has such a lovely voice. Yes, I love. I love her voice, actually. I love listening to her. And she, like... In these inter- like when she's answering these questions, she sounds like Veronica obviously because it's the same voice, but she's clearly like you can clearly see the difference between Ashlyn and Veronica. Right. Like it's it's always fascinating to me to hear voice actors talk out of character. Yes. And see how many nuances they put into their characters that you don't realize until you hear them speak
1: right. normally. Because actors, like in movies, we don't see that changing voice so much. We just see, like, the right. different name or maybe the different setting and the different story. Right. But, like, because there's there's a lack of this visual cues for us to know that changes between person and, and character, like, they have to do so much work. Yep. And I have so much respect for them, especially, like, she has to play a 15-year-old
0: which i think is like weird like it's hard it's right. a hard thing to it's a hard mindset to put yourself in because not only do you have to remember what 15-year-olds are like when you're an adult woman but you also have to then remember what 15-year-olds are like and put yourself in the mindset of this particularly <laughs> complicated 15-year-old girl yeah
1: like I mean, I don't want to remember when I was 15. Do you? No. no. Let's, no. Not do that. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that. Let's not nope. do that. No. But, like, she has to think about it. Yep. Like, so a lot of respect for that, too. Yep. Uh, so we have, uh, we'll, we're go, we'll go to the interview. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we enjoyed so much uh, getting this chance to get to meet her. And I hope this surprise uh, made the week worth it. Yes. So let's go. Yep.
0: So Danielle has a question for you. She asks, what similarities or differences
4: do you notice between yourself and Veronica? Um, well, the most obvious is that I'm a lot older than Veronica. Um, at this current point, the season that I've just recorded, she's about probably about 17 years old, whereas I am nearly 30. So um, that's a pretty huge one. Um She is a lot more logical than me. I'm a very emotional person. I sort of do a lot of very creative things and anything science or maths related. Just kind of sends me running out the door. But for Veronica, obviously, that's her favorite thing in the entire world is to be able to answer a question with for science. So
1: I have two questions that are related to each other. The first one is, do you like science in school? And the second one is, given the low representation of females in science, how do you feel boys and the girls girl a genius scientist? And I had to ask this question. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't enjoy science in school. I was absolutely rubbish at it. Um, less so because of the representation of women in science, because I had two fantastic female science teachers. Uh, and I went to an all-girls school. So there was never that kind of level of science isn't a girl subject. Um, I'm absolutely delighted that I get to voice Veronica, who is such a wonderful, clever character. I think she's fabulous, and I think the fact that she is pretty much the smartest character in the game is a a wonderful step. I love that I'm voicing a character who doesn't just exist to be a girlfriend or a wife or a mother. She's a character who really just lives for science. Uh, She lives for continuing her career, for making discoveries, for changing the world. Uh, And there's something really wonderful about that. Bwiamix
0: on Tumblr, I might be mispronouncing that, and Bwiamix, if I completely butchered your name, I apologize. Um, But Bwiamix on Tumblr asks, in movies you have scenarios that help you enter into your character. How do you get into character without that?
4: So um, how do I get into character without that? It it helps that we have a fantastic director in the form of Matt. And obviously, Naomi's scripts are wonderful. So I often find that from when I start reading the first few lines as Veronica, I find her voice coming back. Um, I have quite a strong visual in my head of what I think Veronica looks like, and that always helps. And there's something quite special about returning to our... Uh, our studio because it's always the same studio uh often with the same people and that kind of just lets you step right back into that character's shoes it's been really interesting i've been voicing a couple of new characters recently um, namely olivia in the new um board game which you should all keep an eye out for it's coming out just before christmas i believe and stepping into a new character's shoes has actually been far more difficult then rediscovering Veronica each season. In general, how do you find that voice acting compares to stage or
0: screen acting in terms of how you prepare and the environment in which you're working?
4: Um, In all honesty, voice acting is so much easier than acting for screen or for stage because you can kind of forget what you're doing physically and just really, really focus on the purity of, of what's coming out of your Your mouth. Um, There's the obvious benefits in that we can cut if anything goes completely wrong, which obviously you can't do on stage. Um, And in terms of the crew numbers, we've only really got maybe three people working on what we're doing while we're recording. So there's a lot less pressure. Um, I think. In terms of preparation, I still do vocal warm-ups and breathing exercises when I'm doing a voice job. Uh, But with a character like Veronica, there's a lot less emotional prep that has to go into it. I always read the scripts in advance. I always do a bit of a character map of where I want her to start and where I want her to end. Um, But apart from that, you kind of just jump in with both feet, to be honest.
1: Cheryl wants to know more about Veronica's relationship with Nadia
4: i think that relationship is so fascinating um i think everyone who listens to zombie run and has experienced veronica mcshell as a character knows that she makes mistakes she's not a perfect human being um she struggles with emotion and she struggles with sympathy and she struggles with any situation that isn't completely grounded in logic um Nadia, for her, is a link between the science world and the real world. And I think she's almost a bit like a mother or a big sister. I think we see Veronica. I kind of don't want to spoil anything here um, for people that haven't got very far in the game. But I think when Veronica hurts Nadia, it hurts her more than it, when it, she hurts anyone else. She has a massive case of foot in mouth syndrome which is part of what makes veronica so lovable but when she realizes that she's hurt nadia i think it it affects her more um she gets nadia and i think i think she knows that nadia gets her more than probably anyone else um and i think she would she'd protect nadia before anyone else as well
0: so i have two questions my first one is what has been your favorite part of playing veronica
4: Ah, that's really tricky. That's so hard. Um, All of it. I mean, that sounds really simplistic, but I've been incredibly lucky in that I've got to play Veronica from when she was about 13 years old all the way to now when she's about 17. So I've really been able to grow with her and watch her progress as a human being and learn how to deal better in um, kind of social uh, situations. I think the moments for me that really make me grin are when Veronica tries to join in with a joke (laughs) Um, because she doesn't always get it. Um, And when she does hit the nail on the head and she's, you know, actually joining in with being a bit silly, it's just such a lovely moment. It's such a a moment of freedom for her. But I think it's also, she finds those moments incredibly difficult. So when she achieves that, when she makes someone laugh, when she's able to you know, join in on an in-joke. That is so important for her. Um I'm not going to give anything away, but the season that I have just filmed has also been probably the biggest uh, that I've done yet. So keep an ear out for that.
0: And then my last question for you is, do you ever play Zombies Run yourself? And if you do, is it jarring to hear your own voice or do you get wrapped up in the story so that you're able to ignore the fact that that's you talking and just let that voice be Veronica?
4: Um, Well, yes, I do play Zombies Run. Um, I don't run so much, but I use it in the gym. Um, I haven't been able to use it as much this year, uh, but I've finished season one, so Veronica doesn't actually come in till season three. So that's not been an issue I've had yet. I am quite a... I've done quite a lot of voice work, so hearing my own voice is far less jarring now than it used to be. Um, but occasionally I do hear a radio advert that I've done or something, and that always makes me jump out of my own skin slightly if I'm not expecting it. Um, I think the most jarring thing I've ever done was probably... uh, I did a voiceover for Louis Vuitton um, years ago now. It was my first professional voice gig, and that was... uh, I had to almost do kind of a Swiss accent. They asked me to do a very generic European accent, so I'm doing this really weird accent that isn't really grounded in anything for a video called Spot the Difference, which you can probably still find if you type it into YouTube, um, and it's starring Bip Lang, and I, even now when I listen to that it doesn't feel like me, which is a very odd sensation.
0: Ashlyn, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate the time that you took to sit down and answer these questions for us. Is there anything else you'd like to include? Anything else Zombies Run related or any other new projects you have coming
4: up that you'd like to plug? Zombies Run, not really. Just, I think, a massive, massive thank you to everyone that listens. I've One of my favorite things about Zombies Run is... Every time I get a piece of feedback from someone who says that listening to the game has made them feel included, it's made them feel like, even though they might not naturally be a very sporty person, they can do things, it's made them feel like they're part of the Zombies Run cast and family. Um, And that's really, really wonderful. Um, So just a huge, huge thank you to everyone that listens to it, everyone that tweets us, everyone that writes in. You know, we, we do... Uh, hear what you say and when you do tweet at us, you know, we we are really affected by that because it's so lovely to hear positive feedback. Um, In terms of plugging other projects, I recently did a video game called The Infectious Madness of Dr. Decker, which is now available to download on Steam. Um, It's an old-school FMV-style game, so full-motion video. It's Lovecraftian. I'm playing a very un-Veronica-like character in it, Uh, but you'll have to download that to take a look. Uh, You can find me on YouTube under Ashlyn Diaf, which is A-I-S-L-I-N-N-D-E-A-T-H. If I've done it right, there'll be an apostrophe in there somewhere, but I'm pretty sure that YouTube wouldn't let me put that in. Um, And I'm also on Twitter under the same name. And that, I think, is everything, Thanks very much, guys. Hope you're having a lovely time on the other side of the world. Bye.
1: And thank you so much for answering our questions. Uh, it was yes, a delight so to meet you and help our listeners like this. Yep. We forgot to say something which I we think is really important to her character, which is how. She was supposed to go into this girl guide strip, and she just completely lied to her. Right. Parents.
0: She completely lied to her parents so that she could and this is a season 5 spoiler. Four season spoiler. 4 spoiler. Um she lied to them so that she could sneak off and work with Van Ark at his labs.
1: Yeah, which is creepy but like also kind of badass.
0: Yeah. She's and this is at 10. 10 years old she's doing this.
1: Right. She she did this at 10. Like I I did pretty I mean, I have lied to my parents pretty, like, badly, but, like, not at 10. I think at 10, I was still pretty good at 2 shoes
0: Yeah, at 10, I, the only things I lied to my parents about were, like, no, I didn't take the rest of the cookies out of the pantry and eat them all.
1: <laughs> right. Like or like, uh, yeah, I'm going to sleep. Totally not gonna stay up all night reading. Yeah,
0: oh yeah, that that is maybe four fifteen Yeah, That one was probably staying up way too late reading was probably the the most rebellious thing that I honestly ever did. So Veronica has put us to shame. Yes, she really does. She puts us to shame in many, yep. many
1: ways. Yep. Okay, so we hope you enjoyed this episode, listeners. I think we did a better job this time to not, like, stop into every decision that Veronica made throughout yes. the story. Uh, we hope we hope you enjoyed the interview. And now, I think we have chosen the topics a lot lately. So we'd like to hear from you. So just shout us through Tumblr. Uh, we have a new Facebook group.
0: We do. We have a Facebook group.
1: We didn't talk about that. That is totally, yeah, we have a Facebook group now. So, like, use Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr to tell us about what our next yes. topic should be. And hopefully uh you will get to hear some different voices. Not to be concerned, and I don't like Recording together, but just so you can hear other people from the team. Yeah,
0: um, that that Facebook group. It's called Podcast Detected Detected, a Zombies Run fan podcast fan group.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are super creative people. Yeah, Liz and we, I are yeah.
0: ridiculous, and apparently, we like. Uh, I suggested a stupid long name, and <laughs> she thought it was funny. So, guys, guys, this was
1: like a twenty minute discussion. It really, like, yeah. and not because we were not agreeing, but because like each name was more ridiculous than the.
0: Yeah. The other. Yeah. uh,
1: We're just a bunch of nerds, and I love it. Yeah.
0: So if you go to Facebook and you search Podcast Detected fan group, you should be able to find us. Join, interact with us. This is like a a group instead of just the page for the podcast, so there will be a lot more interaction happening. I think right now all of the hosts are part of the group, so join the group. Talk to us about Zombies Run. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about.
1: I mean you don't get Tumblr like I do. Yes, this is a perfect place. I don't place get for Tumblr. People. I don't
0: know if I'm just too old.
1: I don't know people that do Tumblr don't look t- don't do that much Twitter. So maybe that could it's be that could be. Yeah, Tumblr. I mean, people. I
0: have all of the social media, but Tumblr is probably the one that I use the least. I go on and I look at like the zombies run tags, but I don't but I don't know how to interact with people on Tumblr. So
1: But yeah, maybe Erin and I are too old, so Interact with us on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) We look forward to having conversations with you about it. And uh, just please, if you write anything on the Facebook group, uh, mark that you're running with fillers if you're doing it so you don't spoil the story to anybody. Yes. And be nice, be friendly, and stay safe, Runner Fives.
0: Yep, stay safe out there. Podcast
4: Detected is a nonprofit project Brought to you by way too many people in a com shack. Zombies Run belongs to Six to Start. Music is Rich Groove by Jason Kessler. Questions? Want to submit a story or need more information? You'll find us on Tumblr or Twitter at Podcast Detected or email us at way too many people in a com at gmail.com. No runners were harmed during the making of this episode.